2: Do pee, <laughs> teammates great and yeah. we
3: um came out with the victory you know i'm just trying to really get my my nba 2k rating up i, can, I, can, I just cannot take
0: I, can, I, 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 just, I, I can't take it you know it's 12.02 right now if they want to fire me at 12.05 i'll go home and find something to do i have a good day
2: Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Thrive Fantasy. It's Friday, January 24th, 2020. Alex Berutha here. Next to me is Shannon McEwen, and on the line is Ken K-Train-Kreitz. All aboard! It's a rare podcast with all three of us here. It's been a weird season, a lot of two-man pods.
1: Relatively healthy, actually. It it was like the
2: late... yeah, Yeah, it was like the late... Miami Heat, uh, big <laughs> three, where only two of them would play <laughs> for, like most of the games. Um, Okay, today we are going to talk about uh, some second half upside guys, uh, kind of sleepers in that sense. But first, in some news, Trevor Ariza, always a great day in the NBA when he kicks things off. And the news posted twenty-one seven and two with two steals, hit four threes, seven of eleven shooting. And the loss to Dallas yesterday started 36 minutes started. Uh, They traded for him last week. Um, That Kent, that groundbreaking Kent Bazemore, Anthony (laughs) Tolliver, (laughs) Caleb Swanigan. uh, Who am I missing? Someone else uh, was in that deal. But
1: how would not have Swanigan been traded or just let go or or, boy, his transaction sheets getting along? He got triggered back to Portland. He started on Portland, oh, that's got triggered right. to the Kings, and then went
2: back. Well done, Barutha. Well done. Thank you. Um, Portland now two and a half games out of the eighth spot. Um, are you guys, I mean, I
1: I Well, let me I ask really- you guys, no CJ McCollum. How many right. of those huge minutes are because Simmons got the start?
3: Did- they're not. So I mean, the the coach came out before the game. Said Ariza is going to be the starting small forward moving forward. Um, he's going to get heavy minutes. So it's going to be Ariza at the three, K- Carmelo at the four. You know, McCollum will go back in at the two over over uh, Simmons or Simons, whichever one it is. Simons. Uh, Simons. And and that'll be that. Uh, I mean, they're going to have that that starting five once McCollum's back is going to have heavy run. Every single game. And, and then, you know, Nurkic is, I think trending in the right direction. He's probably still like a month away. Maybe. He could debut um,
2: like February, Marchish.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, he, but you know, he'll get, he'll get like 20 minutes or so. And, and but that's all going to eat away from white side. Um, and that's, that's if he comes back healthy, I, I think this rotation is going to be rather short and similar to what we saw last night. Like crummy basically bench. it's a crummy yeah. bench. It absolutely is. I mean, they're like Swan, Swanigan's a guy who I don't think will get heavy minutes. He got 23 minutes last night. I don't think that'll continue, especially once McCollum gets back. Um, but Pazonia will probably stay in that 10 to 15 range. Gary Trent Jr. will still get some minutes. Especially yeah. if he stays hot from three like he was last night. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, the trade, I think, was good for them. I think Trevor Ariza is a better option than Kent Bazemore. But do you, do you think
1: the Wizards were like, where was this production when we made that horrible Kelly Oubre trade? <laughs> that
3: trade looks so bad in hindsight. <laughs> oh, I mean, the, the Blazers still lost last night. You know, I know they didn't have McCullen, yeah. Um, but it was a home game. They still lost by eight points. Uh, you had Lillard go off. Uh, solid production for Ariza and Carmelo. And what is that nonsense? Just ignore you know, that.
1: <laughs> I saw ESPN had a headline, something like Lillard logo. Lillard comes up short in lost to Mavs. I'm like, I don't think you blame Lillard and his 47, six and eight production line last night. I don't right. think the problem's is Davey and Lillard. I'm not blaming him.
3: Well, it's kind of funny because the trailblazer has been good for so long. Yeah. And, but it's, it's always because they've had sneaky depth. Like, yes. even in past seasons, you know, you had guys like unheralded oh, role Harkless. players. Yeah, Harkless, Aminu, uh, even, even guys like Myers Leonard coming off the bench and giving you, you know, 10 quality minutes. Myers Leonard, a,
1: a relic. He could not give up his Myers Leonard love. <laughs> that just isn't going anywhere. Yes, you
2: he love plays him. for the Heat. I mean, he's on the court you know, at 15, 20 minutes. minutes a game for the Heat.
3: Big, minutes. He, big always minutes. Always a podcast favorite, Myers Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> Very
1: attractive man. Very attractive man as well.
3: Uh, okay, can we have
2: LeBron. <laughs> I don't really know how to transition <laughs> out of that. Uh, LeBron had a great game yesterday.
1: Another triple-double. Uh, you Another got the triple-double, win. yeah. Win over the Nets. 27-12-10. and 10. Davis coming back certainly helped uh, LeBron's assist numbers. Davis goes 16-11 in his third game back. Kyrie returns from hamstring with 23-4 uh, and four line before turnovers. Uh, I thought this was interesting, guys. Irving and Dinwiddie starting in the backcourt. Really, Kyrie playing shooting guard as Dinwiddie got 13 dimes. You think the Nets can do well with this uh, backcourt?
2: I think they should be able to. Uh, I mean, Dinwiddie's a way more willing passer than Kyrie is. I mean, Kyrie's a talented passer. I just think he would rather shoot the ball. Um, I, I think it can work. Um, you know, hopefully that would solve some of the perceived chemistry issues, but their record still is not very good. Uh, when Kyrie's out there, I don't think that's entire, I think there's a lot of noise in those stats. I think he's been good in general. Um, the team isn't particularly, I mean, we've said this a lot. I mean, when Kyrie Irving's your best player and your second best player is Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, like you your ceiling as a team really isn't that high.
3: Right, right. Yeah, it's not that much right. higher than the Kyrie Irving post or pre, how do you word it, LeBron calves, honestly. Um the, you know, eighth, Din- spot, I, well,
1: though, the eighth spot wide open in the east, which at, they're actually sitting in. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I will say about Dinwiddie playing the two is he's got shooting guard size. You know, he's six six, two hundred pounds. He he is a shooting guard or a A shooting guard's body, at the very least. On defense, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Uh, I don't know about Prince playing power forward. They got out-rebounded to the Lakers Mm 51-42 last night, though against the Lakers there's no shame in that with Anthony Davis in the lineup, but I don't know if long-term Prince at the power forward is going to work from a rebounding standpoint for the Nets.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's an option at the small ball four, but I think he is
3: really more of a 3 yeah, and they were without DeAndre Jordan last night. Um, a front line of, of Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard, and LeBron James is pretty damn good at rebounding. So I don't think it's weird that the the Nets got out rebounded. Uh, speaking on the Lakers side for a second, one thing I noticed I was just you know perusing, looking at random rankings and stuff, and and Anthony Davis blows me away. Um, even over the past month, he's like. Played in for total production for, for the month of January, he's played like five, six games less than everyone else. And he's still ranked as a top 20 player. That's how <laughs> good his production is for the season. On, on a lot of sites, he's ranked top three, even though he's missed all those games
1: and doesn't like, need a in, ton of shots. Doesn't no. need a ton of shots either to do it.
3: It just speaks to the value of his, his rebounding, his percentages, his, his defensive stats. They're all so good. He's just, it's amazing to me yeah
2: and we kind of saw that last year when he only played what Way 55 play. games and he was still an elite fantasy player yeah. like the production he got you in the first half was worth
0: it support for this podcast comes from wild turkey kentucky straight bourbon whiskey let's tune in to their one-on-one with jamal a real bartender from old fourth ward in atlanta
3: i really get into the backstory of whatever i'm pouring out of respect there are literally years of experience behind these bottles Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey.
0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
2: Um, and in a game that was so hot, the NBA was giving it away for free on League Pass. The Wizards beat the Cavs yesterday, 124-112. <laughs> Washington's starting lineup, which was honestly incredible. Uh, Bradley Beal... Gary Payton, Isaiah Thomas, Thomas Bryant, and Jan Mahinmi—something um, that, like, if you were playing a video game like NBA 2K, like, it would just that lineup would randomly come into the game, and you'd be like, "What is this? Like, why are these players all in at once?" Uh,
1: how how could call a timeout? How could they bench Isaac Bonga though? I mean, come on, Wizards.
2: <laughs>
1: Former Laker,
2: for some reason, doesn't get as much love as like Lonzo and Kuzma. I don't, uh, I don't understand it for some reason. Um, But yeah, I mean, this was a a weird one. I mean, I'm expecting Bryant to, I mean, maybe uh, eventually be the starting center, but uh, Jan Mahimi has been playing surprisingly well, shoots threes now. Um, But yeah, Beal Beal finally got cooking. Um, He has scored 29, 38, and 36 points in the last three games, uh, which is nice since the shooting percentage was down quite a bit um, early at points in the year. Um, is there anybody on this team that you are targeting at all in in on waivers potentially? Is this kind of like you wait for Mel Wagner to come back? I'm sure. I'm not really sure anybody dropped Hachimura.
3: I did actually. Oh, you I, did. Okay, I did, I did in one league. It took me a long time. Yeah. To, to actually commit to dropping him, but I did. Um, I just you know with the way they've handled Thomas Bryant's return, like, point. It, it makes me worried that that Hatchemer is gonna be brought on along slowly once he done does does come back um I, I I'm still a believer in Brian I am gonna die on that hill uh so I expect him to eventually start playing 30 around 30 minutes a game again and, and produce like he was before the injury it's honestly mind-boggling to me that Scotty Brooks has not unleashed him yet I mean this is like is not like six games.
1: And I you know so. you, you could think like oh Mahimi's starting because they're, they're playing a legit center and Thompson right for the Cavs but he's this is like his third or fourth start it's like the accounting department at Washington realized
3: hey we're still paying that guy a lot of money i demand he starts that's the only the only like logic that i can figure out behind <laughs> right. the decision to play him this many minutes i mean he played 28 minutes last night to Thomas Bryant's 17 is that this team wants to trade Mahini. So they're just trying to give him minutes before yeah. the trade deadline and hope that someone takes the bait. The only, the only logic logical they're fishing expense. for a late second round pick. It's so weird. We really need
1: a, a 50, 60 second round pick.
3: So, paid. I yeah, I I do <laughs> still believe in these guys. I believe in, in Brown. I believe in Bryant. I think those guys are going to, you know, Bertans has been great, especially from, from, from downtown. You know, he's basically a one-category guy or two if you count scoring. But I still believe in all those guys, and I think they're going to, down the stretch, produce well.
1: Actually, isn't it more likely Bertans gets traded?
2: There, there's a the
3: possibility. Thing. Yeah.
2: They say they want to keep him, but I don't think that makes sense. So, yeah. We'll see what happens. Although they triggered Kelly Oubre for Trevor Reza and Jabari Parker basically the, the other year. So uh, not a lot of sense being made in Washington. Okay, we had the All Star starters get announced yesterday. Yes. Um, basically, I I mean, you, it, go ahead.
1: Go ahead. Any complaint? Well, I'll just mention them and then you guys chime in with complaints or observations. Uh, out East, you got Giannis, Trey Young, Kemba. Pascal Siakam and Joel Embiid. And for the West, uh, LeBron, Luca, the Beard, Kawhi, and Anthony Davis with Giannis and LeBron as the captains. Any thoughts on those starters, gentlemen?
3: I think those are the correct 10.
1: Yeah. I can't decide if Pascal Siakam's start is a nod to his all-around game or a sign the East is still not as good as the West.
2: He's been really good. I think um, I think he
1: deserves that. He I missed a chunk of games.
2: He did. He did. Um, but I, I, I still think he his overall talent is um is too much. The Raptors have <laughs> been too good. Um, I I was a little surprised not to see Jimmy Butler in the backcourt for the East. Um, maybe over Kemba. I mean you could also make the argument for Trey Young, really depends how much people value wins, but
1: um, You could take, it's would you take little, Butler over Siakam?
3: Ah uh, yes, that's actually where I would have going to go. Yeah. Fair enough. I think, and not saying desire that Siakam doesn't, doesn't deserve it, but you can play Butler at three. You can call him a small forward. Yeah. And that's where I would have slot. I would have slotted Butler into that spot
1: in the real world. And of course the all-star game is nowhere near the real world. <laughs> you'd have a real concern about your backcourt defense with Trey young and Kemba Walker as your two starting guards. But, uh, It's the all-star game. Who cares? No one plays defense.
3: (laughs) There you go. Okay.
2: Uh, We have a message from Thrive Fantasy. Come hashtag prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NBA season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. Choose 10 out of the 20 player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Brack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Thrive has over $2,000 guaranteed daily in prizes for its NBA contests. Use promo code RW when you sign up today. That's promo code RW when you sign up today, and you will receive an instant match up to $25 on your first deposit. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store or by visiting ThriveFantasy.com.
3: Sign up and hashtag prop up today.
1: Promo code ROTORW.
3: RW, yep. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun It's a fun game. New twist on, on Daily Fantasy. Highly recommend it. Um, you know, like you detailed everything, out, but you just, you pick, they'll have over and under for combined categories or one category and you pick it. Um it's really fun and easy.
1: Shannon, I think Thrive Fantasy is your new way to ignore <laughs> family obligations. Is that right?
3: I'm always looking for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and now it's Thrive. All right.
2: Surprises, it's not their tagline. Avoid your family. <laughs> Weird that they went with something like prop up. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we're talking about players with second half upside, um, whether it be team situation, injury, et cetera. I'm going to kick things off very quickly by mentioning Mike Conley. Um, obviously, everyone knows he had a terrible start to the season. I'm sure he got dropped in some leagues, um, and he has been back lately. He's played three games in a row, though he hasn't cracked 20 minutes yet. Um, hasn't played particularly well. I mean, it's it's kind of hard to gauge because the minutes have been so low, but the Jazz have uh, won each of these games. It looks like a combined 75 points they've won these past three games by. So hot. Um, he's, yeah, he's, he's, Mills, fitting in, he's fitting in a bit um, better than he was earlier, but he's someone where um, I think if you can buy low on him, if for some reason someone dropped him, uh, you can pick him up and hope that, uh, that, you know, he gets more comfortable within the offense, um, especially over the all-star break when the team has more time to potentially practice together and there's a little break and they can come back, uh, fresh mentally and physically, I think there's a chance he has a, a good second half, or at least a second half that warrants, like you know, starting him uh, when he's healthy in your in your 12-team league.
1: Yeah, a r- rough rough first half before the injury.
2: Yeah, 38% from the field, uh, 13 points, four assists, three rebounds is pretty bad.
1: Rough, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with a name. I think the RotoWire podcast is contractually obligated to bring up. Uh, so really, more of a community service announcement that we do every pod. Victor Oladipo is coming back January 29th. Uh, so maybe that's kind of a no die. Obviously, he did absolutely nothing. In fact, he's been out for a full year. Uh, so don't expect too much. But everyone should know. Check your waiver wire. There's no there's no excuse for Oladipo not being owned. Um, anyway coming back January 29th five days from now
3: I'm with you on that Ken um, I've got I, I, this is my this is the new Myers Leonard the, the <laughs> new guy who snuck his way into my heart no, never <laughs> let go uh, Jared Culver uh, with Minnesota coming off a rough game uh, but he's been been really damn good uh, for the past month or so uh, I think that's going to continue Minnesota's it's very unlikely Minnesota makes a playoff push. Um, at some point they're just going to unleash Culver for 32 to 35 minutes per game. And I think he'll grow in that role. Um, yeah, in in the same vein, uh, Andrew Wiggins, I think is going to, they're going to try to get those guys playing as well as, as often together as 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 possible.
1: They want Wiggins as the next grand Hill. Right. And I think if the ball's in his hands, like he was that first month, Wiggins was so hot the first month; they were they're dying to return to that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, but Jared Culver's guy who, if he, if he's available in your league, um, ten team leagues, I would I would snatch him up.
2: Yeah, Culver's got pretty good three and D potential. Um, we we should have a section
1: in, in the media room, Alex. We should add a section of headshots of ball players that Shannon has a crush on, and that started with Myers and Culver.
3: That's good. That works. I'll, I'm going to add a third name to that before we're done with this segment. <laughs>
1: Give us a uh, name, Alex. <laughs> uh,
2: I have Marvin Bagley on my list. Uh, dealt with injury for a big portion of the year. Uh, Sacramento, I mean, I the...
1: tonight also, right?
2: Yeah, the race for the eighth um, in, in the West is still pretty uh, contentious, but Sacramento more and more it looks like they won't make it. They're 15 and 29 right now. The eighth seed is currently 20 and 23. So it'd be a pretty, it would take a pretty strong um, bounce back from the Kings to get in the playoffs. And I just think that once they're completely out of it, um, that Marvin Bagley will just start seeing a ton of minutes, kind of like last season uh, when he did a lot of his damage uh, late in the year. Um, for example, bringing up a splits right now uh, last year, Uh, in like basically after February, he played 29 minutes a game was averaging roughly 17 and eight, 17 and nine, um, solid percentages kind of hovering between like, you know, 48% basically. Um, and I think the same thing could happen this year. Um, especially if he uses that all-star break to rest up his foot, um, and, and get healthy.
1: What do we think long-term can Holmes and Bagley coexist
2: I would say only if one of them starts shooting threes. And I would say that would probably be Bagley. Holmes used to shoot threes when he was on like the process 76ers, but that stopped right. Um, right. Right. more valuable around the rim. But Bagley, Bagley hasn't been particularly good from three this year. Um, 18%, which is obviously pretty bad, although he's only played 13 games. So that could, that could get corrected very quickly. His free throw percentage has been encouraging. Um, at eighty-one percent, he shot. He shot sixty-nine percent last year. So, um, but yeah, I think I think Bagley is someone who I would I'd I'd feel good about having him for the for the second half of the season.
1: I, I just think the Kings have to decide: is he going to be a, is Bagley going to be a power forward or center for them? And then who's a good match? They they decided on Holmes as a starter until Holmes's recent injury. Finally, playing Dwayne Dedman, who I think they know they want to trade because Dedmon's been angry that he signed there. Due to the Holmes decision, I don't know. It seems like they've never figured out who's going to be their front court, and I'm not sure it's getting any better.
2: No, I mean I would play badly at center last year. He played 54% of his minutes at center. This year, it's up to 88. So it seems like they're trying to trend in that direction. But like you mentioned, the Holmes and Deadman situation makes it tougher. Bagley at
3: the moment there's a lot of home supporters out there in the NBA fantasy Twitter world there um, are Bagley is the future for that team That's so true. they have to I, I agree with you I think he is due for uh, a, a big second half um, they have to get him out there they have to get him minutes. they have to see what he can do and
1: you think Shannon he's a more legit center than power forward
3: um at this current time yes athletically um, I mean, he's a freak. He's a freak athlete. he He needs to refine his three point shooting to be able to play the four. Um, long term, I think he will be a four, but currently, I think he's more of a five. It, it's tough. He doesn't have the the three point shooting you want from a four in today's NBA, and he doesn't have the rim protection you want from a center. So, you yeah. know, I think I think it's more likely he develops the the three point shooting and are you get ge- so, long term four. So both
1: of you are just giving up on big shots. Belitza, huh?
3: <laughs> That's total no. sarcasm. No. I mean, well, he's no, also not? not young. He's no, like he's thirty. Not young
1: at all. Yeah, he, he's not young at all. He, I'm totally being sarcastic. But <laughs> I would uh, pay
3: so much money to be thirty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. The bad mouth thirty is crazy. Oh boy! Oh, oh to be a thirty-one-year-old uh, Serbian uh, in the NBA. <laughs>
3: That really is, I had a dream about that last night. <laughs> yeah. um, Ken, give me give me Are you guarding Myers Leonard? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, in a thong. In one of those Barat bathing suits. Uh, I'm going to go with De'Aaron Fox. Let's stay with Sacramento. Uh, the kid's only 22 years old. Um, ranked 26th in nine category leagues last year. I still think there's a lot of upside. As we just discussed, the team stinks. He only played 26 games due to, so far due to injury. I think his TOs are going to go down and his free throw percentage is going to tick up to his norms from the first two years. So expect some regression to the positive mean for Fox. And I think now is a time where you can trade for him on the cheap uh, because of that injury he suffered in the first half. So He's not on your waiver wire for sure, but look for some cheap trades for De'Aaron Fox. I expect a much bigger second half.
3: Yeah, even before the injury, he basically was just doing exactly what he did last year. There was no improvement. You know that you expect you expect that third year jump, and that did not happen with him earlier this year. So that's where I see the upside, right? And we are starting to see. I mean, he has, he has. Yep. A, a, a handful of double-digit assist games in the past, you know, in the past five, six, seven-game stretch. Um, so, I the upside's still there. I think we're going to see that improvement. So, I, that's a good call, Ken.
1: Last seven games, twenty-three points, five point three boards, eight eight point one assists, two steals, and point six blocks for good measure. So, uh, he's heating up. There's upside there. Alex, who do um, you yeah. got? Bring up a name. Uh, This might be in your crush. We may have to change your slack headshot to this player.
2: uh, I do like Kevin Herter uh, for the second half. Another situation where he was kind of injured to start the year. They brought him back slowly. Um, And I think, you know, I I mean, obviously Atlanta's out of the playoffs, but they're going to want to, I think, really uh, hone in on their, on their, you know, offensive game plan. Um, Let Herter... Um, I, I don't want to say unleash Herter, um, <laughs> but let him do more within the offense um, as the year goes on, because he does have um, some good ability as a ball handler, averaging 4.3 assists per 36 minutes this year, obviously shoots a lot of threes. hits him at 39%. I just think um, they probably want to see exactly what they have in Kevin Herter, um, partially because we kind of saw this happen in, um, I guess last year or the year before with Torian Prince where they went out, they played him a ton of minutes, they gave him a ton of usage. They decided very quickly that he was not oh a God. part of their future and got rid of him. And so I think that's kind of the game plan for Atlanta for Travis Schlank is to let these guys um, kind of give these guys high usage um, at certain points in the season, see what they can do and then quickly make a decision on them. So um, I think that Herder is a guy they definitely want to figure that out with sooner than later.
3: All right, my final two guys are on the same team. Uh Callen Sexton. A lot of slander out there about Callan Sexton. <laughs> but it's all it's all just ridiculous. It's absurd. It's in the month of January, 12 games, Sexton playing 35 minutes per averaging 23 points, 3.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 2.3 three pointers.
1: Lit it up solid. against that Wizards lineup last
3: night. Oh, yeah. He was great last night. Yeah. Uh, solid percentages. I've talked about that before. He's shooting 47% from the floor, uh, 48% from downtown, and 90 almost 93% from the line. Colin Sexton, I get it. He He's not a point guard, all right? All he does really is score. But he's scoring at a damn efficient clip. He's going to have heavy minutes, like I said, 35 minutes per this month. That's going to continue for the rest of the season. There's, like, there's without a doubt in my mind, he is a top 75 fantasy player from this point on. He finished last year strong. He's, he's just been, he's been extremely underrated from both, maybe maybe not in real life, but, and from a fantasy (laughs) perspective, since like February of last year, he's been pretty damn good and he's been underrated. It, it, you know, whether or not you uh, like him as a player doesn't matter if he's right. A
1: production. <laughs> right. I think every, uh, I agree. And to your point, I think everyone has that lingering thought that in the preseason, it was assumed that Garland was going to take the lead role at point guard and Sexton might even have to come off the bench on this terrible Cavs team. But just the opposite. He can play probably the position of shooting guard that is really more more made for, even though he's just six one. He's a scorer. He's not a distributor. And I think in a lot of people's heads, it's still the Cavs are terrible. He's not very good in real life. So they underrate his fantasy production because people still assume Garland who's frankly not doing as well as Sexton was going to eat into his production.
3: But Garland is the next guy I want to talk about. I also think we're going to see a good second half from him. There's upside there. It's starting to shine through. Um, over the past 13 games for Garland, he is averaging just under 35 minutes, just under 15 points, 5.5 assists, just under one steal, and 2.2 three pointers. The 89% from the line is damn good, uh, but his 30 38 and a half percent from the floor, 32.6% from the three-point line. So those aren't quality, but the you know in general the volume, the playing the time, is gonna be there. the assists are there. Yeah, so. You know, with that, I mean, pretty much any rookie, you deal with some inefficiencies. You know, if you're in a turnover league, they're gonna usually turn the ball over more. They're gonna ha- have, you know, their their shooting percentage is usually at the lowest point it's gonna be of their career. But there's production there, and the minutes are there. I I absolutely would scoop up Garland in a ten-team league if he's available, especially if you need assists. I mean. He's played 38, 35, and 38 minutes the past three. We're going to see him play like 35 to 38 minutes every game for the remainder of the season.
2: Yeah, for Sexton,
3: I mean, early, you know, kind of when they drafted Garland, I know
2: some people wanted to make the comparison to at least the play style of like the CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard type backcourt where it's two kind of undersized guards. They make it work because they're both potent scorers. Um, I can see where that comes from. I can understand Sexton um, being the, the better score in that situation. I mean, I, his, his true shooting percentage is up. He's been more efficient. My concern is that his assists are actually down. Um, like his assist rate is going down. Um, but he's getting the free throw line a little bit more. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I think people are were very ready to write off Colin Sexton right away. And he, um, as a, what is he, 21? Just turned 21 um, about 20 days ago. If you can average 19 points on 45% shooting. Did <coughs> I gotta read that wrong? Just turned 20? No, he's, he's, no Sexton. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, My, bad. My bad. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Good. Sexton just turned 21. Averaging 19 points on 16 shots as a 21-year-old. Very difficult in the NBA. Not going to happen a lot, so... Um, there's definitely reason to be hopeful for Colin Sexton. And you're right that people are ready to write him off maybe more in real life, but in fantasy he's definitely going to be—he should be productive for
3: a long time. My, my comp for him has been Lou Williams, and I'm not saying he is Lou Williams yet, right? But Lou Williams wasn't even Lou Williams until like five years ago. Lou Williams—you you look at Lou Williams' first like two to three years in the league, he wasn't good. You can't write off a player— after their first 100 games especially if they're averaging 18 points over those first 100 games what are you doing you can't do it this guy's shown so much already he can grow in other areas as his career advances um I I, I just think there's there's plenty to, to like and to like with Colin Saxton
2: yeah um do you, let's see do we I think we cover everyone Uh, That we have. So let's move on to Friday DFS. Uh, Plenty of games today. I think there are nine. uh, Oh, I'm sorry. There are 11. Um, But only I think only uh, 10 of those are going to count toward um, the main slate because we have Milwaukee and Charlotte facing off in Paris um, at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um some main some injuries to watch out for. We have Malcolm Brogdon who is out. Marvin Bagley is out. Uh we have Paul George uh, with a hamstring injury. He is out. And then some guys who are questionable. Um their stag is kind of cloudy. Jimmy Butler, Stephen Adams, Jason Tagum, Trey Young, Jalen Brown, Kendrick Dunn, Patrick Beverly, Bruce Brown, Gary Harris, Michael Porter.
3: One guy one guy on that list I want to just uh, Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown with Reggie Jackson back. I'm worried that any value Bruce Brown had is just completely Go gone. Um, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. But that would be my guess.
1: Especially if they can have in any way showcase Jackson for a trade. Isn't he on an expiring deal this year? Or are they I, still stuck with him? I, for?
3: I think it might be. It might be. I, yeah, I do. I do believe it's expiring.
2: Before, uh, before I jump in slash we jump into our guys, I want to just touch on uh, Zion Williamson who is 5,500 for today's game uh, against Denver. It's a home game for New Orleans. So you don't have to worry about the altitude, anything like that. Denver is also generally worse on the road. Um, is he someone that you are strongly considering for today's slate? Um, there's an over-under of 229.5 in this game. He played, let me double-check how many minutes he played exactly on Wednesday, 18. Um is All he that someone that, that,
1: that came in three minutes in the
3: fourth quarter? Right. <laughs> right. Is he someone that you're considering for 5,500? No, I'm not. Okay. Um My my worry is, I mean, one, he went eight for 11. I do think he's going to be extremely efficient overall from the floor. Um, not that efficient though, and he also <laughs> went four for four from downtown. Yeah. And that's not going to happen, man. Just look at the shot. Like, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen every game. <laughs> Zion's well, great. They might decide
1: to guard him this time outside. Yeah,
3: that, that's true, too. They're not just like, I mean, he every single one of those shots, they like they saw him get ready to shoot it and they turned around. Yeah, you have the worst scouting
1: department in the NBA if you didn't, if, if, if because every, I think non-NBA fans were forced to watch his four three-pointers. You've yeah. got to know he's going to shoot those.
3: Well, no, they wanted him to shoot it. And I get that because they did watch the scouting report <laughs> that you should want him to shoot those. He's never going to go. I, it, it's very unlikely he hits four three-pointers in a game on a regular basis. Um, I also worry, like, what's the playing time going to be? It was 18 minutes in the debut. My guess is it's like 20 minutes tonight. I don't think they're going to push it. So until I know he's getting like 24 minutes, I, I it's going to be tough for me to slot him into my lineup. Very understandable. Um, I'm going to quickly.
2: This isn't a specific player to uh, endorse for me, but I will say that, as always, it is good to target Atlanta um, or when the team, when Atlanta is on the slate, target the other team. Uh, We have OKC going up against Atlanta today. Uh, OKC expected to score 118 points. You got guys like Chris Paul at 7,500, pretty reasonable. Gallows at 6,200. Schroeder even at 5,700. Uh, with Steven Adams out, this could be a good Nerlens Noel uh, situation. So,
1: you guys think uh, we see? We think we see Young, or you think we see uh, the corpse of Jeff Teague tonight for the Hawks at point guard? <laughs> uh, well, the corpse of Jeff Teague
2: would allow us some better value uh, for the slate, but I'm I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Trey Young. Um, he really hasn't missed a lot of time in his NBA career, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he if he ended up playing. Um, but going up against the defensive of OKC and Chris Paul,
1: I would not be excited to play Trey Young if he's in. No, no, I think not get What they'd be wise. The season's also lost. They'd be wise to let the corpse of Jeff Teague run, run the show. Uh, and I agree with you on that. To that point, um, Nerlens Noel, especially with Steven Adams, probable but still questionable. I think it's ankle for Adams. Right, Nerlens Noel is one of two very cheap power forwards for me tonight. Forty-four hundred's too irresistible. I think he's been plus twenty-five, plus twenty-four his last four fantasy games. Uh, so uh, uh, I'm in the super cheap Nerlens Noel camp tonight.
3: Total value for the—I I just want to stick on this OKC train for a second. Total value, uh, total fantasy value over the past month. This, you know, so not per game average, but total value SGA ranks second in fantasy. Yeah. That's insane to me. He's really picked it up and, and been great over that stretch. Well-rounded production. Um, it's actually better for for you categorical leagues and it's for like DFS because you don't get to reap the benefits of his fifty-two percent shooting, eighty-six from the line over that stretch. Just wanted to give him some love. Um, player, you know I- who
1: loves SGA? Doc What's Rivers. It? Doc Rivers. He was on uh, Dan Patrick Show a month ago. And Rivers was, you know, the, and you're getting all the love for the great trade uh, signing, you know, to get George and Kawhi. And Doc Rivers like halted the interview, though, and said, but I have to talk about how great SGA is. And just for five minutes said wonderful things about just like justice, just like you, Shannon. Yeah,
3: he's been amazing. Um, so anyone who took a leap on him, if you draft him in third or fourth round, people were laughing at you for the first two months of the season. Now you can laugh back. All right. My first DFS pick Shabazz Napier, uh, 4,900. He's he's cheap. He's cheap. No matter what site you're looking at. Um, inconsistent, obviously, uh, scoring is, is never a big thing with him, but he's getting the minutes and he's playing against the Rockets. I think it's the highest over under of the night. Um, you know he's played twenty six, twenty eight, thirty minutes in the past three. He's going to be locked in uh, in that around that twenty eight minute per game range with Teague Got a town. Um, there's some risk, but I think at his price, he's well worth a look, especially given that over under.
2: Yeah, he's someone who he's not guaranteed obviously to see thirty minutes, but uh, in games where he has played at least thirty minutes, he's averaging thirty five fantasy points. So at forty nine hundred. Definitely makes sense to bank on the upside there. Um, Someone, Shannon, that we both have on our list that I'll mention, um, and then you can say your piece about it, is Aaron Holiday at 3,800 against Golden State. Um, With Malcolm Brogdon out, this is an obvious value option. Um, When he sees 30-plus minutes on the road, Aaron Holiday averages 33 fantasy points per game, which, I mean, there's definitely a potential for him to reach 10 times value against the quite bad Warriors.
3: Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Aaron Holiday in the past. I mean, essentially, every time Brogdon's out, Holiday's an option. In the 12 games without Brogdon, Holiday's averaging 33 fantasy points per game. That's 15 more points than what he averages on games with Brogdon. So, you know, there, there's some risk. He's not like a lock for 30 points. TJ McConnell will also get extra run. But I, I do like Holiday whenever Brogdon's in.
1: Here's another even cheaper power forward option if you're not crazy about my Allen's Noel suggestion. Starting power forward Luke Cornett for your Chicago Bulls only 4300 playing at home against a somewhat dinged up Sacramento King team. Cornet at that super cheap price over at he's had two 27 plus fantasy point games the last 4 games anyway, some upside at that super cheap price.
3: All right. I, if you're building your team around one star player tonight, yeah, you know, I think most people would say, oh, it's going to be James Harden or Westbrook. For me, it's Kawhi Leonard. One, he's under $10,000. Know, he's actually cheaper tonight than he has been recently. And, and two, Paul George's out, as Alex mentioned earlier. And in games without Paul George... Kawhi is a 55-point fantasy monster. He's averaging 10 more fantasy points per game without Paul George in the lineup. Uh, so with that, I mean, he's just an obvious pick. It's not going to be, you know, you look at some of the other data, you look at the over/under. It's Miami. It's 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 not too. It's nothing to get too excited about. Um, but Kawhi, is, it doesn't matter who's guarding Kawhi. He's unstoppable.
2: Yeah, I think people might actually look over him because it's Miami, and that gives you a good chance to. Um gives you a good chance to get a star who is, has lower ownership than they should. Um, Cause like you said, he's been dominant lately. Um, basically over the stretch with Paul George out since January 10th, Kawhi longer is averaging 59 fantasy points per game. Would, and when you consider that you can get him, like you said, 9,800, even though it is against a tough Miami team that my that Miami team may be without Jimmy Butler. And even if he does play, he's obviously less than a hundred percent because he's questionable. Um, so I think this is a good situation. Um, I very much agree. Uh, I think this is a good spot to have Kawhi Leonard potentially as the most expensive player in your lineup. Um, two final guys uh, that I want to touch on. Uh, Ricky Rubio at 5700 against the Spurs. I just think it's a good price. Um, he's been kind of up and down lately, but it's really just hard for me to gloss over that. I think if you're talking GPPs, I think he's a pretty strong play there. Obviously, even though San Antonio isn't what they have been in the past, you're still kind of worried about them. I understand that, but I think that's just way too cheap for him. He's someone that I would, I would imagine him more near the 6,500 price tag, on most cases. Um, and then Will Barton, uh, with all these Nuggets guys probably still out, um, 6,200 against the Pelicans, who haven't been good on defense. Um, I think you know he's someone who has 40 point upside, no question his floor is about 25 fantasy points. So I just think you really can't go wrong. Cash games, GPPs by putting Will Barton in your lineup.
3: I'm with you on both those. They were both names. I was going to add to the list and I saw you were already all over it. Uh, Ken, do you have one final guy for us?
1: Uh, I'm just going to throw a possibility Gordon Hayward, especially with uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, both questionable. It's going to open up a whole lot of shots for Hayward. That's sort of a Friday afternoon evening. Watch the news on Rotowire. If you see those two, especially if both of them are out, uh, that just strikes me as a lot of uh, shots going to Hayward as they face uh, the Orlando Magic in Orlando. i feel a little better if that was in Boston. But that's just a uh, guy to keep an eye on as news breaks this afternoon.
2: 5,800. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, if you have Brown and Tatum both out, then it's hard to imagine
1: a... A lot of Kemba and a lot of, yeah. a lot of Gordon Hayward.
2: I was going to say, it's hard to imagine a Celtics. like it. it it's easy to imagine him and uh, Gordon and, and Kemba just running, picking and rolls and picking and pops with like Daniel Tice and all those guys, and it's just yeah. constantly the usage flows through them. So I definitely agree with that. Um, Orlando obviously strong defensively, but without Jonathan Isaac, they're nowhere near as intimidating for wing players like Zach, Gordon Hayward
1: as they were. Total, t- total tangent here. Zach Lowe's, thing, you know, his latest 10 Things He Likes or Hates, or I forget the exact column <laughs> title, but uh, it ends with a beautiful ode to the Daniel Tice screening in the key to help other Celtics drive in for layups. Totally underrated skill of Tice. has done very well this year. Tice?
2: Tice? Heist is a very good NBA, like he's a very legitimately good NBA player. Um, I think he gets kind of And He doesn't overlooked. need shots.
1: He doesn't need shots. Which the Celtics, with the rest of their wings, they need a guy willing to do all the dirty stuff. Just need to stay healthy. Need him to stay healthy.
3: Uh, any any last guys for you, Shannon? No more no more DFS guys. I just want to ask you guys a general question about a player: Is Dare is Dylan Brooks good? All right, so I, he's you know, been playing I see, legit. Last I, know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, actually, I sent a trade offer to acquire him uh, in one league this this past week. Um, but then I sat down, I watched the Boston Memphis game the other day, and Dylan Brooks goes off for like six fantasy points, six yeah. three, four <laughs> turnovers. Like he almost had more turnovers. That six, was a Celtics three. game. Was, yeah, it's yes, yes, but he was, I, he was beyond in horrible. His
1: defense there, the entire. John Morant only scored five. Yes, I, you know, I know. The entire I, Grizzly team was absolutely terrible at that. Valanciunas
3: was good. Valentinus was good.
1: No, he made some terrible defensive flaws.
3: Well, no, nah, I mean, yeah, of course, but yeah.
1: he hit a three though, and we were like, okay, whatever, you could take, keep taking those. But that whole Grizzly team was just atrocious. I would throw that out. I mean, the night before he had thirty-one points versus New Orleans. Uh, no, Dylan Brooks is the legit, like, he's there scoring three now. He's not there. <sighs> I,
3: I, I don't know if I agree with you. You know, just a couple weeks ago, he had a, a 7.2 rebound, zeros everywhere else showing against the Warriors. There's a stretch in December where he was basically hovering between, like, 10 and 20 fantasy points. Like it, the, I always say the most important thing to be like a star in the NBA is consistency. Um, I don't think anyone's oh. calling Dylan Brooks a star. Yeah, yeah hold you know, on easy cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> but the, but I mean, like you mentioned, I mean the dude had a forty-five point outing, forty-two. Yeah. Um, these are fantasy points. You know, thirty, fifty-three. So he's had some monster games of late. My, I, I wonder if maybe I started to believe just a little bit because he had a stretch. love
1: games. Well, here's the thing, too, though. Jay Crowder is is playing gradually worse and worse for the Grizzlies after a pretty good start. Again, we're we're in the sleeper deep bargain pile here, but a lot of Jay Crowder shots are now going to Brooks as he eats up. And yeah, twenty points, mm-hmm. uh, shooting forty six percent last eleven games.
3: I, I don't I don't believe. I know Grizzlies fans love him. Um, I always go back to terrible fans. You know, like. I I and I I I. I kind of liked him coming out of college. I was like, yeah, he was good in college. I liked watching him play. I thought he was a good competitor. And I, it, I thought it was weird that he dropped in the draft. And then I would read, you know, I'd read the scouting reports about how he has these tiny arms. Like he has the, <laughs> the wingspan <laughs> of like a, f, someone who's five seven. So, yeah. So I always imagine him with like Tyrannosaurus Rex arms <laughs> and he's out there and he can't do anything. Like I, Tice threw one of his shots or he got another pass deflected and it was stolen by Tatum. And the other night, and I was like, it's those ter- it's those T-Rex arms, man. They're too short. <laughs> he's never going to work out.
1: They just so desperate for outside shooting, though. They're going to he's on a very, very long leash. You'll be fine. Blake Griffin also had the short arms, and I think that led to a lot of his
2: issues in the post um, that he had later in his career when he could not dunk over people anymore. I also brought this on the pod, brought this up on the pod with Pay- uh, Wayland the other day. I want to see if you can guess this. How many dunks do you think Blake Griffin had last season? He played 75
3: games. See, I, I think I actually, as oh, you listen to it? it, I mean, I watch, I watch more Pistons game than any, okay. anyone else in the office. I mean, yeah, my guess would be like 20.
2: It was like 37. Yeah. Ooh. yeah.
3: Um, even cause even when he does get, he had, he would have a couple games where I, I like, I can, I'm picturing in my head, replaying some of the monster ones he had. Right. Um, but even when he takes it to the rim, most time, like they're they're not they don't finish in dunks. They're essentially layups or you know, nice post finishes that that aren't dunks. <laughs> he doesn't dunk anymore. It's crazy.
2: Um, okay, Ken, it's been a long time, uh, at least since I've heard you go on an old man rant. Uh, so I, without further ado, I will hand you the floor.
1: I hate movie award shows and all-star games. Do actors and athletes really need more attention? Golden Globes, SAG, Critics' Choice Awards, and now every sports league has a worthless all-star game pageant and off-seasons award show. Who cares? How about people that really deserve attention, like the best EMT, plumber, carpenter, or doctor? I don't care about these famous people. They're already famous. I get the need for the NBA all-star games in the old days when the league only had a TV contract with a few UHF channels and couldn't afford shorts that went past the scrotum. But now the NBA gets 365 days a year of coverage. There's an NBA network, for goodness sakes, a radio station. And how stupid is it that the NFL all-pro game and skills baloney still exists? Why don't they just hit every player in the head one more time and call it a day? Stop the madness! Ah.
3: The the skills competition, or not the skills competition, but just you know, all in all, three point skills dunk—that's the best part of All Star Weekend, Ken.
1: Well, Come I was making—I was making fun of the football skills competition.
3: No, no, the, the the dodgeball, dodgeball, the NFL <laughs> all, Pro Bowl dodgeball game was the best part of uh, Pro Bowl weekend. <laughs> Who's the
1: Who was the Patriots rookie running back who blew out his knee and ruined his career during some beach two-hand touch game at a football all-star gate break? Remember that it was like in San Diego or somewhere? Steven Ridley? No, no, younger, older than that, farther back. The guy was a stud.
3: Oh, I remember, I remember.
1: Or, yeah. well, of course, there's always the – who's the catcher whose career-ended when Pete Rose knocked him out at home plate? It's stupid. They're stupid. We don't need them anymore. Turn it off.
3: Yeah, well, I am going to invest in a inventory, I don't know, 40, 50 trophies, you know, cheap. They're not going to be super expensive, um, you know, but I'm going to invest, have them stocked somewhere in my house. So every time a plumber comes over or a carpenter, <laughs> I can hand awesome. them Awesome. I love it. All right. I will do that now. If they fix it. it if they fix me. The fix. There we go. Nice. Thank you, Mr. Appliance Man, for fixing my dryer. Guy who and does
1: it, something actually useful. Thank yeah. you.
3: It only you costs know, fifty dollars less than buying a new dryer. I appreciate it. Thank EMTs you. EMTs
1: don't even get paid. Like in mo in most counties here in Vermont, it's all volunteers working these ambulances. It's insane. Like you know, what's the awesome Courtney Barnett lyric? She thinks I'm clever because I know how to play the guitar. <laughs> Let's
3: see. I awesome. think. She, really, I, think, Ken, Ken, I think No she's... one knows who Courtney Barnett is, and, and Australian so rock. No, no I finished the lyric. Uh-huh.
1: Awesome Australian rock star. She thinks I'm clever because I play the guitar. I think she's clever because she stops people from dying. Agreed.
3: Um, EMTs in Vermont do get paid. I do.
1: They do not, not. Only in Burlington. About. All the other rural counties, volunteers. Ridiculous.
3: Oh my God! I I understand. There's volunteer firemen. Probably no,
1: there are supporters. volunteer EMTs. I'm friends with two of them. I have two friends.
3: Yes, they um, don't get paid because they are volunteer EMTs. There are EMTs that do get paid, though.
1: There are some. I'm not saying all don't get paid. Some. You're telling.
3: Not- Wait. So you're telling me that volunteers don't get paid? All right, I accept that. <laughs> I typed do
2: I'm
1: EMTs. An EMT.
2: I typed <laughs> do EMTs into Google, and in the first. Uh, The suggestion that came up was: Do EMTs get drug tested? So, uh, (laughs) not the volunteer ones. Not the. (laughs) Uh, Okay, thank you, everybody. This is this a basketball (laughs) podcast? This is news to me. These notes, right? Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by Thrive Fantasy again. I guess promo code R W. You can go to the Thrive Fantasy website, and it should be pretty obvious from there. Ken. Take us out of here.
1: Wait, mispronounced names. Oh. Uh, as, we, as we do every week, I mispronounced Anthony uh, Simons. Said Simmons again.
2: Is A Simons.
1: Pe- anybody else?
2: I'll get that one wrong every time. Um, It's, I, I don't, I, I. you had the soft O, you had Oladipo instead of Oladipo. Yeah, that, oh, was, that's, that
1: was weird. Uh, came
2: out I got Belica right, <laughs> though. I got
1: though. You did
2: was, get Belica right. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. You said athlete, which I thought yeah. was weird, too. But I'm not, you know.
1: That's not a name. That's mm. just association. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for today's outro, quote, we're going to Denver. When Nikolai Jokic was asked about the hardest part of the All-Star Skills Challenge, he said, quote, running. End okay. quote. Yeah. Attention, passengers! This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. <laughs>